I'm Sam and welcome to the Learn and Experience Show, exploring and making sense of the world we live in through adventure, life skills and language. Today I'm joined by our two regular team members from Learn and Experience, the people bringing the world's youth together since 2009. We've got language guru Mike. Hello. And our very own Miss Positive, Julie. Hi there. This episode will be visiting the USA, Ghana, Japan, Nigeria, China, and even Mars in Around the World in Six Stories. And this week on The Big Discussion, the young people talk about the impacts of COVID-19. We'll be looking at China in fact or fiction. And in the youth spotlight this week, we hear from a Canadian inventor who at 15 years old invented a flashlight. And in life skills this week, I learned the art of origami. And in the language corner this week, we have another expert on the language corner, and that's Libby. Nine-year-old Libby can tell us about the secret kids language called Pig Latin. This is the Learn and Experience Show. Okay, Julie, where are we visiting this week? So this week we're starting off in Nigeria, where earlier this month Ngozi Onkonju Ilwinia, maybe not the best uh, pronunciation of her name, I do apologise, of Nigeria, was chosen to lead the World Trade Organization, which you might know as the WTO. So the WTO is an important international group that helps set the rules for how things are brought about and sold between the countries of the world. Um, Ngozi is the first woman and the first African to hold the position. She is a citizen of both Nigeria and the US, and she served twice as Nigeria's finance minister, a position in charge of the money for the country. She's probably best known for her 25 years at the World Bank, where she worked to bring help to countries that were still developing. As the WTO leader, Ngozi will face many challenges, and she says she will begin by focusing on problems caused by the coronavirus. Now, if you want to find out more about Ngozi, you can watch her and um, watch some of her TED Talks uh, on YouTube, uh, which include topics such as lessons for women leaders and how to keep Africa rising. Um, we're staying in Africa where Ghana has become the first country to receive coronavirus vaccines through a world sharing initiative. So all of the rich countries are helping to provide uh, 600,000 doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine um, to Ghana to reduce the divide basically between rich countries and poor countries who can't buy doses of the vaccine. Uh, 600,000 doses of the vaccine arrived on Wednesday in Accra, the capital of Ghana, and they are planning to deliver about 2 billion vaccine doses by the end of the year. That's 2 billion globally. Ghana, which has a population of over 30 million, was chosen as the first recipient of the free vaccines after they promised the quickest distribution and they also met some of the criteria that was set, some of the, uh, the requirements that was set by the, the World Health Organization. So exciting news that this vaccine is starting to reach not only in not only European countries where many of our listeners will listen to this, but also in African countries. So I am going out into space to Mars. There's a new robot on the surface of Mars. The American Space Agency, NASA, 
has successfully landed its Perseverance rover in a deep crater near the planet's equator called Jezero. Engineers at NASA's Mission Control in California erupted with joy when the confirmation of touchdown came through. The six-wheeled vehicle now will now spend at least the next two years drilling into local rocks, looking for evidence of past life. So Jezero is thought to have held a giant lake billions of years ago. And where there's been water, there's a possibility there might also have been life. Landing on Mars is never easy. And even though NASA has become an expert at it, everyone on the Perseverance team had spoken with great caution going into the, into the landing. This is the second one-ton rover put on Mars by the US Space Agency. The first one was called Curiosity, which landed in a different crater in 2012. It trialed innovative descent technologies, including a rocket-powered cradle that Perseverance has also now put to good effect. So in a couple of years' time, we should uh, get the results back for some of these rocks and we can start to find out whether there was life on Mars. Do you guys believe in aliens? I'm not so sure. I think if there was, it would have been very primitive, uh, very basic life. I think that it's unlikely that there was intelligent life like there is there are hum like like humans anywhere else. I like to think there's out there um, far, far away in another galaxy, another planet like Earth, and there's us three there, versions of us three living completely different lives, like parallel universe. I kind of like to think of that. Aliens scare me, so I like to think of uh, <laughs> something that's a bit more like us. But yeah, there, mm -hmm. I think there, there must be something out there. There must be. There's so many movies. So you can know, you imagine, one of them must have got right. Can you imagine learning experience on Mars? Like them, them, the what would the Martians be doing right now? I mean, do you include that in the price or is that like an excursion? I don't know. <laughs> and we're off to the US of A now where the Horsetail Falls at, at Yosemite National Park glows orange as light from the setting sun hits the water just at the right angle. So the waterfall in California plunges about 1,500 feet. That's higher than the Shard, London's tallest building. And almost looks as though it, if it as if it could have lava spilling from a volcano. So thousands of people travel to the national park to catch a glimpse of this phenomenon, which lasts for just a few minutes before the sun moves. It happens during every sunset around the second week of February when the sky is clear. The national park says that the 2021 firefall is happening between the 12th and the 24th of February this year. Visitors are having to reserve special passes to book their place to see the waterfalls so there can be social distancing during the pandemic. I don't know if anybody's seen <clears throat> seen a photograph of this, but it's, yeah, it's just one of these amazing wonders that happens that Mother Nature just conjured up for our viewing pleasure. It's beautiful. Taking a regular afternoon nap, that's a short sleep, could be one way to stay mentally agile, according to a new study in China. The research in China looked at the sleep patterns of 2,250 people, healthy people, aged 60 and over in several large Chinese cities. And they found that sleeping in the afternoon for a period of 35 to 45 minutes was associated with a whole host of health benefits. It found 
that in addition to reducing sleepiness, midday naps could improve me memory consolidation, preparation for learning, and emotional stability. In other words, feeling okay. Can you guys nap? Are you nappers? Well, I know Sam is. Sam's a could sleep anywhere, Sam. I went for a long run the other day, and then I had a little nap. And I woke up, and honestly, I thought it was like five hours later, and I was like shocked. And it was literally 15 minutes later, and I felt great. I'm a big advocate for a nap, and I think the Spanish, you know, it's part of their culture, right? Certainly. It is. So kids of any nationality, if you see your parents napping in the afternoon, don't give them a hard time because they're just looking after themselves. Okay, so we're going to Japan now. Have you <laughs> played the game Pokemon Go? No, no, no. You know what it is, right? Yeah. Yes. So the creators of Pokemon Go have announced that they've punished more than 5 million players for cheating. So Niantic, which is the, the name of the creators, said it issued sanctions to players across the three games, Pokemon Go, Ingress, and Harry Potter Wizards Unite. It said since 2020, more than 20% of those were permanent bans. The three popular games all use augmented reality to combine gaming with the real world. So augmented reality is basically making what's in front of you greater and, and adding to what, what there is. Um, and so this game is an incredibly uh, popular game, but there have been people cheating. And the way they've done that, they've been using their GPS locations and spoofing the websites, which uh, basically it falsifies their locations and it means using hacked or unofficial programs, letting users trick the game over its location. So players can play these games from the comfort of their own homes without actually needing to go outside or to a certain location. But at the beginning of lockdown, they did ease the restrictions and made it easier to play from home, uh, but they've now uh, brought them back to, uh, to, to normal. Yeah, and there's people now cheating the system. They've clamped down on it, so no more cheating Pokemon Go. In movies when they're like but oh yeah the bounce their signal like when somebody's like bouncing their signal off certain things that's why i'm envisaging but it's, um, it's a really popular game like i didn't realize it's had do you know how many downloads of this game it's had since it was launched four million so, not as many as the lne podcast <laughs> uh one billion which i couldn't quite comprehend because one billion is basically one in every seven people and i just can't quite comprehend that figure but that's what think of the advertising God. that was around the world in six stories so on the big discussion this week uh, our lovely young people had a bit of a chat about how they've been doing um since uh, covid19 came into our lives and before we go to the young people yeah just mike and mike and sam what i guess how have your lives changed like what's been what's been what's been different so on a, on a personal level for me, uh, obviously my uh, life revolves around uh, learning experience and having kids from all the, around the world coming uh, to visit our camps and our travel programs. And for, for that not to be happening at the moment is, is really sad. Uh, you know, travel 
is still the best thing. Like you can't beat traveling. Like it, it's amazing whether it's traveling far or short distances, going somewhere else and seeing new places is uh, is really exciting. And we've just had to do that on a smaller scale. And you know, and that is exciting as well. You can you can certainly have a lot of fun discovering your local areas. Learning to teach online for me has been um, both a difficulty, but also a challenge that I've relished in some respects. And I've I've feel like I've learned loads on sort of trying to connect with people online. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do, but I think it is possible. Learning to stay still for me has been difficult because I, I'm quite an active person. I like to go outside a lot and just learning to enjoy what I have. It's a difficult question to answer, you know, and, and when when you hear from the young people, you know, they're really honest about how how they feel and how they've coped. And it, and it has been really hard, you know, especially for young people just thinking about, you know, the children that came that came to our that have come to our camps for so many years. And maybe this would, would have been the last year that they would have come. And it's kind of like their graduation, if you will. And, and so many of those children missed out. Um, you know, we hear from one of the boys, Tom, who um, has been to more camps than I have. Um, you know, we've really seen him grow up, grow up and he couldn't come to kind of the last, the last, what would have been his last camp. So that was, you know, that was really hard for him. So yeah, it's been, it's been a tough, it's been a tough year. Um, fortunately we have light at the end of the tunnel now with the vaccine, um, which is, yeah, come, come at a very good time. I think we're all kind of probably had enough now. Um, but yes, we've got this light at the end of the tunnel. So without further ado, we will pass over to our young people and here. Their very honest thoughts and feelings about how they've coped and how they feel throughout this global pandemic. I'm a bit lonely. I mean, there's my there's um my mom and dad here, but I haven't got any friends, and so that I can you know I can talk to them, uh, with my by my phone. But I'm a bit lonely. Um, I don't get bored during the day because um I've got a lot of things to do. Um, mainly school-wise, because the the school is um, during this period, like the the teachers think that we're not doing anything, so might as well give us the double wage of homework. So I'm only basically all my day is just studying and doing lessons online, and then um, at the evenings I get to watch the computer a bit or go out in the garden. So. Yes, I'm, I'm not that bored. I got the feeling that teachers gives us more, more in right now than at school. Um, it's all right. It's kind of boring. We do a lot of like school work, so that takes up most of the day. And then I just like call my friends on my phone and that's really it. Okay, fact or fiction. We are visiting China this week. You been to China, Mike? One of your parents from China, or <laughs> I've not been to I've not been to China. I've been to Japan. I've been to Korea, but I've not been to China. I've been to none of those places. I have been to Japan on a stopover, but it doesn't count if you don't leave the airport. So I've not been to any of those places. More people speak Mandarin as their first language than any other language in the world. I am going to say fact, because I feel like whenever I speak about languages, I say Mandarin is the most 
spoken language, but you're saying first language. I'm still going to go with fact. I'm still going to go with fact, I think. I agree. I think that is fact. It's correct. It is a fact. Bing! So, Thanks, Mike. Uh, the population of China is 1.3 billion people. And that's the same amount of people that have downloaded Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's a lot of people. China has four time zones. Well, it's a very big country. And it will take a long time to get from one side of the uh, one side to the other. I know Russia has four time zones, but China is a little bit further that way to the east, east. isn't it, the, than Russia? So I think I think China probably has three, two or three. I'm going to say fiction because of that. I think it's a little bit further east, and therefore probably has fewer time zones. So. Fiction. Time zones carry on east. They don't stop. Yeah. Why does it? Why, if it's further east, does it have? No, but don't don't question don't question <laughs> it. Um... <laughs> Can I be right for the wrong reason again? <laughs> every <Okay>. time. Every <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be fiction. I I I I think I know the same thing about Russia, and I feel like China's um, not as wide, and time zones go oh, vertically don't they? <laughs> so I'm gonna, for the view, for the people that are listening, I'm just moving my hand across the screen. I'm going to concur with Mike. And um, that means I agree with Mike. And I think it's fiction. Well done, both of you. I don't know how you got there, really. <laughs> Neither do we. <laughs> but what's interesting is China is is about the same size as as the USA. And the USA has four time zones. But China only has one. And they've, they've just chosen to have one time zone. I it did mean, not know that. That's super interesting. It's, it's easier for businesses. You know, if everyone's starting and shutting at the same time. The mortar used to bind the Great Wall of China, the mortar used to bind the, the stones, was made with sticky rice. <laughs> no. Sticky rice, when you get that stuff stuck at the bottom of your pan, it is like cement. However, this story seems so ridiculous, but I'm actually going to say fact. For the same reason, I think it sounds so absurd that it can only be true. So I'm also going to say fact. You've all gone with the same answers and you've been right again. Well done. So the mortar used to bind the Great Wall stones was made with sticky rice. Can I do my bathroom grouting with that? Does it work on the same... Principle. Give it a bash. Yeah. Half of all pigs on earth live in China. Back in the days when I used to eat meat, pork was one of my favourite meats. And I definitely remember eating a lot of Chinese uh, dishes, which included pork. Where am I going with this? Uh, I think maybe that China's a big country. <laughs> And it has a lot of pigs. So I'm going to go with fact. China is a big country, but for want of not having a draw, <laughs> I'm going to say that is fiction. Julie should have kept with the pattern. It is, in fact, a fact. I'm learning so much by doing this show. It's great. Yes. My knowledge is just like, oh, at least doubled. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> if you put together all of China's railway lines, it could loop around Earth ten times. I'm going to say because China's a really big country that that is fact. I mean. I'm just trying to visualize getting all of the railway tracks and putting them out, stretching them out, and then going around Earth ten different times. Seems a stretch to me. Seems a stretch. Doesn't seem like it's that much. I, I'm going to go fiction, Sam. It's two nil, Julie. Well done, Mike. Ugh. But it can go around the Earth twice. You know, they've got a lot of railways, but it's only yeah. ten times as long. Ten times as long. On the youth spotlight this week, Anne Makasinski is a 23-year-old Canadian inventor who, at age just 15, uh, invented her first invention, which was a torch that could be powered just by using the heat of your hand. After hearing about a friend in the Philippines who didn't have any electricity, to study at night, 15-year-old Anne was inspired to create a battery-free light source for her friend. So she created this flashlight that, that ran just off the heat of the, of the human hand. And she wasn't done then. She was 17 when she invented the e-drink. Now, I've seen a video of this e-drink, which is amazing. It's a device that charges up your phone or any other device uh, by taking the heat of a hot drink, say a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, and, and as the heat of the drink cools down, it converts it into electricity to give your phone a boost of energy. So it's an incredible uh, invention, that one. But remarkably, Anne herself is not a fan of the smartphone. She thinks that having a smartphone stops you being as creative as you might otherwise be. And the other interesting thing about Anne, who can be seen on YouTube, you can see her TED Talks. She's a prolific TED Talk speaker. TED Talk Teens, which is uh, really, really some interesting talks there, is that she said that when she was younger, her parents didn't buy her any toys. And whilst this uh, wouldn't have pleased her very much as a, as a kid, she, she reckons that 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 channeled her creativity uh, in a way that she had to come up with things. So for example, she was given a glue gun when she was 10. So she was given a few toys. Uh, and likewise, she, she said that she uh, was a fan of skateboarding, but she didn't get a skateboard. Instead, she got the wheels. So she was just made the skateboard, which I think is really cool. Anne Makasinski uh, is someone maybe you should check out on, on, on the interweb because she's pretty cool. She's now 23, so still young. So this week on Life Skills, I spoke to Yoko and she's from Japan and she taught me how to make a crane, which is a bird. And, and she told me a little, about, a little bit about origami. Um, so the Japanese word origami is a combination of two words in Japanese, ori, which means to fold, and kami, which means paper. 
So in Japan, the crane is a mystical creature and is believed to live for a thousand years. As a result, in the Japanese, Chinese, and Korean culture, the crane represents good fortune and longevity. Uh, the, the Japanese refer to the crane as the bird of happiness. Now, traditionally, it was believed that if one folded 1,000 origami cranes, one's wish would come true. It's also become a symbol of hope and healing during challenging times. So today we made a crane. People give a thousand of these to someone for luck. So this took us about 10, 15 minutes. So I'm not sure how long it would take to make a thousand of them. And I said, well, surely it, this, nobody's going to count them. Like if you're giving it as a gift, nobody's going to count a thousand. She was like, they, they do. So I've, I've made one. So I've got a long way to go before I can give it as a gift to someone for luck. But I've start. I've made a start, so that's good. And um, have you guys ever done any origami? Made a paper airplane. Oh, Not I guess folding safe, paper so. is the. Have you ever made kind of Sam? Did you ever do any um, origami at camp with our yeah, our students? We definitely will have done, won't we? Did Did you find it relaxing? Is it kind of is is that part of the process? Yeah, it, it is supposed to be kind of a very mindful act. I mean, me and Yoko were having a bit of a laugh on Zoom and, and having a bit of a chat while we did it. And I think usually it's just something you maybe do by yourself, but it is really relaxing and really, it can be quite therapeutic. So she told me, um, and there's lots of different things that you can make. So, um, but I think once you've done one, you're on your way to mastery. Language Corner this week, we have Libby, uh, who came into our world through Sam's 30-day uh, challenge, where Libby taught Sam the secret language of Pig Latin. Uh, Sam, can you tell us more about uh, Pig Latin and, and Libby's uh, expertise in this subject? Yeah, it was one of my favourite challenges, actually. She, she prepared uh, a presentation for me and she is when you say expert she's a serious expert like i if anyone yeah. knows more about pig latin than libby then then i'd like to meet them because she, <laughs> she was awesome and she's genuinely fluent like fully fluent it can speak very fast and i really enjoyed my conversation okay so today i'm very excited to introduce to you libby Nine years old from Vancouver, and you're going to give me a pig Latin lesson today. That's right. Yeah. And I'm in your hands, Libby. Pig Latin is an invented language spoken in many countries. We think that pig Latin was invented by American children sometime in the 1800s. Originally, it was called Hog Latin. Pig Latin is an easy language to learn for kids. Just warning you, Pig Latin is easier to process when you're a kid because your brain works it out quicker once you know the basics. So this might take some time. Now let's get started. By teaching you Pig Latin, I'm breaking an unspoken rule of a kid's secret language. Pig Latin sounds confusing, but there are only four simple rules. Rule number one, for words that start with a consonant, you take the consonants at the beginning of the word up till you reach the first vowel. Then you put those consonants that you took off at the beginning and you add them to the end of the word and add the sound A-Y. You got that? Yes, I think so. For example, Sam becomes Amsay. Ah. Rule number two. 
For words that start with a vowel, you don't remove any letters from the start, but you add yay to the end. For example, apple would be apple yay. If you have a word that is made up of two words put together, then you split it into adding ay or yay after each word. For example, goodbye would be udge ibe. Rule number four. This is the most important rule. You must speak Pig Latin as quickly as possible so adults can't understand you. Like this. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. So, uye. That's you. Yes. Ukle. Uh, look. You look. Yeah. Look. Weird yeah, way. Weird. Weird. Yes. You look Uye. weird. Okay. Uye. What was that one? Today. Today. And then Amse. Ah, Libby, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can you repeat the rules to me again? Okay, so I reckon if I have um, if I have a consonant at the beginning of the word, I put that to the end and then I put A. Example at the end. So, for example, <clears throat> if I was saying book, I would go bay. Yes. Yeah. If it starts with a vowel, then I would just put yay at the end. So, for yes. example, orange would be an orange yay. Rule number three was if it's two, if it's if it's a word split into two. Uh, so, yeah. like for example, life skill, you would put. And then a, a yay, and then a a. Uh, I play ilske. Yes. Yeah. Can you translate this to me in English? It is you. I are very. You are very. Oh, hang on. You are very, very lovely person. You are very, very clever. No. <laughs> you, you, you are such a wonderful person. Is that what you're saying? No. <laughs> you are very smelly, Sam. Yes. I'm saying, I'm saying, uye orfe, edding my email, each day, uye alhe, ute, ikspe, ikpe, at night. I'm saying, thank you for letting me teach you Pig Latin today. Oh, wow. Tell me, when did you first learn how to speak Pig Latin? I after <laughs> that is amazing! <laughs> that was an amazing lesson, Libby. Um, so did I did I pass or not really? Just straight back. You passed. Thank you so much, Libby. That is amazing. And I am never ever ever gonna forget Pig Latin. Uh Ankhe Uye. Or Ankhe Uye. Hi bay. Yay bae, I bae. <laughs> okay, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye, Julie. Goodbye, Mike. Goodbye, Sam. Goodbye, everybody.
We hope you enjoyed the show. That was the Learn and Experience Show, exploring and making sense of the world we live in through adventure, life skills, and language. You can find us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. And you can also find us on our website and find out all about everything that we do on learnandexperience.com.